<laughs> What's up, everybody? No, are we ready to kick off then? Let's start the Sunday Roast podcast. Let's that... go, boys. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Here we go. Welcome to uh, the Sunday Roast podcast, episode 29. I'm Aaron, aka Lazy Boy Loops, and joining me today is the underrated and often underappreciated artist behind the works, the girl with the pearl earring, the milkmaid, and the girl reading a letter at the open window. It's Paul, aka Pueblo Vista. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> better myself. Thank you very much, sir. You're very You're kind. You're welcome. What's it like being such a famed painter? Well, uh, you know how it is. Like, uh, it's like the life, you know, the living is easy. Like, I have to uh, chuck out a couple of paints, painter paints, uh, paintings every now and then. Uh, they go to the biggest museums out there, like biggest shows and whatever, you know, cash out some bucks. I do have to say, though, I do make lo-fi beats on the side, you know, just to... Oh, it's really to, interesting. You know, we, no, we, could, uh, we could definitely get into that. Pay the bills and stuff, yeah. I'm still getting on to my, uh, uh, you know, my social medias and stuff, like slowly getting up to there, warming up to that. I'm not so good with social media. No. But uh, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Cool. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, glad for you to come back from the dead and join us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine yeah. someone from like the 1800s just coming along being, bless up, my G. <laughs> <laughs> Bless up, fam. Yeah, what's up, fam? <laughs> I'm here doing oil paintings back when the plague. <laughs> you think you had it bad, fam, with the fucking pandemic? Try the fucking plague. We had to walk around with them fucking masks with the beaks in it. <laughs> <laughs> and we sprinkle a bit of lavender because I don't want to smell them dead guys, innit? Them dead dogs and them, them cats and then them... All of them oh, did. Jesus. I don't even know if... Uh, uh, who, who was the artist again? It's like Johanna's or something. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Sweet. Uh, uh, Johanna's Vermeer. Oh, no, to be fair, did, did the it, plague happen in... In, uh, in Greece? I guess it would have been the Netherlands at the time. I don't know. Wasn't it like all over Europe? Oh, it's the 1600s, it? not even the 1800s. Oh, Okay. Oh, I don't know my art. I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. I don't, I don't know. I guess it was like yeah. famine was all over the place back in the day, like along with the plague and all that other shit. So I suppose. Yeah, yeah. The first section of the Dutch Golden Age, as it's called, uh, was characterized by the Eighty Years' War. Okay. Uh, welcome to the new the history refined history podcast, podcast guys. <laughs> Hey, you gotta come on. You gotta learn some shit. Exactly, exactly. It's not. It's not all about like fucking shit talking, and tea and stuff. Up in this, I mean, a lo-fi podcast. You're fucking joking. You're fucking serious. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, we uh, talk about we talk stuff. about the finer things now. It's it's about yeah. uh, you know the Renaissance art and it's gonna be like, like about art, especially you know paintings and painters, uh, fine exactly. wine, fine dining. Uh, table manners, you know, that kind of shit, you know, aristocrat exactly. stuff. Yeah, you always drink with your pinky out. <laughs> yeah, always. You know the story behind the pinky, right? No. Oh, you don't? Really? No. I'm no. dying to say that to somebody. <laughs> oh, God. So, back in the day, like, what was it, like 16, 14, whatever, hundreds, something. Uh, a lot of people, you know, nowadays, would you, you know, might drink something, make fun, you'd be like, 
like point out the pinky thing. However, <laughs> tastefully with a fucking vape. Exactly. Yeah. However, the whole pinky thing was that because back in the day, um, uh, you know, incest was a thing, and uh, uh, a telltale sign of uh, incest or what was it? So, not psoriasis. But some sort of like an STT, um, or not the bubonic plague, like something else. Like you had the sick. No, no, no. Uh, what is it? Like very famous STT. Like ah, uh, fuck. Not the crabs. Oh, for fuck's sake. Anyway, <laughs> syphilis. Syphilis. Yes, exactly, exactly. Oh. So, <laughs> so a telltale sign of syphilis uh, was uh, sort of like. Um, if it was in a, let's say, an advanced stage, it would be uh, atrophy of limbs, or if you don't, something would go wrong with the nervous system as well. And the first, one of the first limbs, or let's say, you know, part of the limbs that would go dead would be like your pinky. So this sort of like drinking with just a pinky, I was just actually a telltale sign of syphilis, not some sort of like yeah, a posh thing I'm you do. Yeah, I'm just seeing it now. <laughs> So it's back called in the, the day, syphilis finger. If you'd seen somebody fucking drinking like that, I was like, oh shit, you just need to move out. That guy was fucking sick. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it was uh, one commonly held belief is that the court of Louis the Fourteenth in the seventeenth century Paris was so rife with syphilis that a symptom became a sign of the upper class. One thing syphilis syphilis does is damage the joints of your fingers after a few years. You're exactly. no longer able to bend your pinky you. finger. And the internet has come together too, because we only share facts in this fucking podcast. Exactly. <laughs> More history facts. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, but let's. Uh, Let's jump into some topics that people might actually genuinely <laughs> be three, three people that are listening loud Though, right now. <laughs> I can't say I'm mad about the fact of syphilis finger. Like, I came with Dutch Golden Era, you came with syphilis finger. Like, that's it. Th- and, there's no podcast quite like it. <laughs> exactly. Like, you learned something in this podcast. I mean, yeah. might as well take the syphilis finger thing to your friends. It's it's definitely a conversation starter when it comes to parties. <laughs> yeah. So you just All see right, someone raising their pinky and you're like, what? syphilis? You see somebody <laughs> thinking like that, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh. Uh, right, anyway, so... Yeah, so let's kick, kick off to something interesting. So earlier this week, um, I got... I think I saw this via one of the kind of, like, music industry um, uh, newsletters that I get every so often. Um, and it was 10 controversial predictions for the music business in 2023. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought we'd quickly run through some of what these controversial opinions are. Um, because I'm going to be completely honest, I don't think they're that controversial. I think it's weirdly quite accurate as to what we could be seeing um, within the music industry as a whole. Um, mm. So, like, kind of jumping straight into it, the first thing they're talking about is TikTok, obviously and how um, it's going to get banned. So it's going to get banned in America. That's kind of been a talk within the tech scene for a while because of um, ByteDance, the company behind TikTok, and it's, I suppose, affiliation with the Chinese Communist Communist Party. Uh, Again, I, I don't know the full history or details of that, but... The US has been kind of lobbying to ban TikTok in that country for a long, for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think this started with, like, excuse me, the Trump administration and has been kind of on and off, back and forth ever since. And according to this guy, so 
It's probably worth pointing out that this isn't just some rando <laughs> that's like, oh, things that I think are funny. Yeah. Um, it is an industry guy that works uh, at a company called It's No Requests. Um, I can't exactly remember what It's No Requests is. I think they're an analyst company. Yeah. So, you know, this guy isn't just talking out of his arse. But he, I mean, he is calling himself a contrarian, which, again, um, you know, <laughs> whatever. But Stop. yeah, basically, TikTok's going to get banned in the US, and it's this kind of, I guess, notoriety that it has, or not notoriety, this kind of um, partnership, I guess, that it's forged within the music industry. So, like, you know, mm. stuff blows up on TikTok, boom, it's going to be great. You know, it's going to become one of the most popular things um, that everyone's going to be listening to. You know, we saw it with a lot of a lot of music, like we mentioned in the past, like Steve Harvey. Mm. At the minute, uh, a Miley Cyrus song is the flavor of the week. Uh, her Flowers song, yeah, um, and I'm sure that's going to blow up. Is that and the new? Yeah, uh, that's her new song, right? That's the new release, right? Is it? The I one think that... so. I don't know how new it is. Yeah, it's the one that she takes. Uh, she takes a shot with uh, at uh, what is it? At um... Hemsworth brother, because she used to date Hemsworth brother. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The not Thor guy, not the Thor guy, the other guy. Chris Hemsworth. No, Chris, Liam no, Hemsworth. Chris, Liam, yeah, Liam, yeah, yeah. There's another uh, one as well. I, I don't know. I think there's three brothers. Yeah, there's a there's a third one as well, but I don't remember his, uh, where, wherever he played that one. <laughs> R.I.P. I mean, like, that Hemsworth brother. <clears throat> it's Thor and the other guy, <laughs> the other guy played in Hunger Games, I think. It was like the, the Hunger Games, the third yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, essentially, uh, TikTok. He thinks that TikTok is going to get eventually get banned in America, and it's going to have a knock-on effect with. Um, well, he's specifically talking about the influencer marketing companies like Creed Media, Songfluencer, and Flyhouse. But I also yeah. think a knock-on effect if it does get banned, that it will have on the music industry as a whole will be. It will be, uh, I'd say, quite shocking because. Mm. It, it, it's no kind of secret that TikTok is having a huge influence over the way that music is consumed nowadays. Oh, yeah, the fact that we've had all of this kind of, um, I, I suppose you could sum it up as kind of like a nightcore resurgence of people just slowing down or speeding up music yeah. because of whatever reason. Mm. And, you know, that's a trend that's kind of come back and has become popular, whereas big artists and big labels are releasing sped up versions of these songs. Oh, yeah. So I think... If TikTok does get banned in the States, there's definitely going to be a huge knock-on effect in the music industry. What that's going to be, I don't know. We might go back a couple of decades to major labels having more of a say and influence over what's popular again. Um, because I kind of feel like TikTok has been an outlier that's allowed, I guess, smaller independent artists to kind of blow up. Um, or more kind of experimental stuff that may have been overlooked by A&Rs at bigger labels. And now they're kind of noticing because of the way that the, you know, they're being picked up. So that'll be interesting. Um, the the next trend though is the one I think we're going to definitely, uh, definitely love. Well, is... it's like, don't don't you want my two cents on the fucking TikTok thing? <laughs> like, not really. No, go on. Because I don't. <laughs> I'm just, I, just... I, I I don't think like I I definitely agree to a certain extent to the prediction. Yeah. However. The other thing is like, um, it's TikTok is a too big to fail company. You know what I mean? Like it's too much. Like I definitely see it because there's also like discussions of banning that kind of stuff, banning TikTok. Yeah. In Europe as well, not just not just the US. 
because uh, if it's if if it's U.S. is offended about the whole privacy thing or whatnot, in Europe things are a lot worse. Uh, yeah. Europe, including UK and Switzerland, of course, <laughs> even though you guys are not in Europe anymore, technically. Um, but there's definitely discussions on banning that stuff here. But I just, I just don't see that. Even though it's like very logical to assume so, I don't think this. I think there's too much at play, especially money, monetary wise, to actually ban something like that. Like the biggest thing is like. What I would have expected for, for TikTok to happen, maybe, uh, to differentiate it, would be to make it more, um, to basically filter out content that's not, that is not as educational. Because basically, the TikTok, Chinese TikTok, has nothing to do with European TikTok or even US yeah. TikTok. Like in, in China, and you can easily check that with a VPN, 90% uh, of the content is educational. Like you would see mm. how to make things, how to build things, how to cook things, like stuff that they, that the communist party would like to, uh, you know, push content that they want to push towards their younger generations, they say, to make them yeah. a little bit more productive than, I don't know, fucking TikTok dances and, you know, that kind of shit. Because it's for me like TikTok, and I'm pretty sure like for you as well, it, it had, especially last year, it was just like a fucking never-ending dance <laughs> it was no. like a fuck it was like just the dance song for me like i would see people dance all the time and shit like that and i just got that's really interesting boring. yeah yeah i mean we discuss about the differences like the stuff that you kind of you end up on your feed and the stuff that end up in my feed and we i don't even follow anybody <laughs> so it's like pretty interesting to just to see that as well so i don't know but anyway, I guess that's my two cents on that. Like, I definitely see the this. I definitely see the reasons why TikTok can be banned. But at the same yeah. time, it's like a too big to fail thing. Um, the next one, which is like you said as well, is like very interesting for everybody. Um, we definitely saw like a, a huge wave of AI uh, yeah. flooding all the, the, the artworks and all the all of the visuals that have to do with anything. I think this was like a huge relief for lo-fi labels. We stopped Googling our illustrators that were hired exactly, got fucking yeah, yeah. sacked. Uh, we stopped tracing illustrations of other people and now we can just like focus on our own shit. Um, so I mean I'm not not gonna lie like I I shared with you a bunch of shit like over the last la last week that I was like really impressed I mean I only went on mid journey like when he first started back in the day uh, but I really went balls deep that past week and I was like you know that version four of of mid journey is really impressive I'm not gonna say from you know what the stuff that it produces because I'm pretty sure um, that by now, with the amount of requests it has been getting for the past, I don't know, year or so, it has learned a lot. And I know this is like the, this is the fuck you point for you not using that. <laughs> so yeah. you don't want the machines to learn. Uh, well, I'm, I'm with you there, I'm with you there. No, it's, I, it's I just not can't resist it. It's, it's so nice. Like it's really insane that the shit that comes out, pop, my god oh my god no it's, it's not necessarily about like you know machines learning and, and overtaking the human race it's more about the way that the 
the AI training has been developed and that was kind of a controversy that was at the end of last year which was a lot of artists were finding that their art was being used as AI training so you know I was naive to begin like when Dali first came out yeah to think oh yeah I can just plug in some numbers uh, some words and a machine will generate some art for me mm. like just out of nothing um, and then I realised that it was actually what happened was the creators were feeding in already existing art, whether that's mm-hmm. you know what we spoke about at the start of this from from like the Dutch Golden Era, or yeah. even a lot of artists were finding that their stuff that they had only kind of just made was being used, and that was proven by um, a lot of signatures on some pieces of art were being injected into this AI generated art so people were finding that the users were typing in for a specific style they were getting that style but it was actually obvious that it was someone's specific style exactly and that for me has pushed ai art kind of a bit too far and i'm like i refuse to um once this all came out because admittedly we have some ai art through the label um on some of our releases but once we'd learned that mostly probably from the start of the year uh, onwards now we're no longer going to be using ai generated art or releasing anything that has ai generated art on it because of that that whole thing um mm. but the scariest thing about ai generation is not only are we getting art now but we're getting text and audio yep exactly like it started from the artwork <clears throat> and now it's uh spilling over to the the rest of the stuff i i think i even i even saw like there's always like other there's already like shorts that i've seen it's like oh going on to 2023 you won't even have to do anything like this is like five tips of how to do practically nothing moving forward with content and it's like go to this website type this thing like which is like the um, the text the ai chat gbt or gpt i think chat chat gbt yeah get a get a get a script of something and then go to the other side and get the voiceover ai to to narrate through the thing and then go get this randomly generated video on youtube and whatever whatever and ta-da you have and and have you seen what nvidia has recently just released exactly oh the thing with that with the look the the, the, the eyes. eye contact oh, this yeah. is fucking crazy bro like when yeah I so i like i have a habit especially on things like this to either if my like my face is up in the top corner or something yeah, or yeah. you know down i've got my phone here that has the topics that we're talking about so i'm like yeah. i'll be looking down exactly, to read exactly. that or i'll be looking at narcissistically looking at my own face when we're yeah. doing a video yeah. call yeah. Yeah. and that just isn't you know we should be looking at the camera you know whatever and yeah. nvidia have developed a thing where you don't eat as long as you're facing relatively forward exactly you yeah. don't you have to be looking at like you could be talking out like this but you, your eyes will be and that's insane i did try to get it but it was like oh your <laughs> your graphics card doesn't have uh, ray tracing or whatever the fuck it is so I think I, like, oh. I think I can get it for mine, but I just I just couldn't put myself. Is yours an RTX? Yes. Then you can get it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's fucking creepy. But then again, <laughs> I don't even I don't even have a job and a proper meeting schedule to basically actually use it. So I can only use it here. Or I something. think I don't think you can use it as a tool. You can only use it as a, like a recording platform. Yeah. So only if you record stuff through their streaming. Thing. Ah, okay, okay. So though I suppose you could window capture if you were doing something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. But anyway, yeah, the Definitely the um, 
the blog post thing um, talking about an AI generated music mm. and it was essentially and this is for me what was kind of a big eye opener as to what's happening in the music industry at the moment specifically again around um, mood music lo-fi beats blah 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 and the, the this particular point was AI generated music enabled by technology like Supertone makes mm-hmm. landfall in the US through covert releases by Strange, Strange Fruits, Fruits Firefly, Firefly Entertainment, Entertainment. Epidemic, <laughs> Epidemic Sounds, sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean when, when, I, when I got this link when you sent me that link and I just read those three names there I'm like I just felt I'm not the crazy person anymore you know because nice. we've been talking about that shit so much and then you reach a point it's like I might live in a fucking echo chamber. Maybe this is my little fucking lo-fi bubble that bothers me yeah. or whatnot. But this is really, this really broke borders. Like when it transcends the borders of music. Like yeah. everybody talks about that shit. Like there's a lot of people who know about these things. That was the, I think the eye opener for me that it isn't just us that are sitting here being like, oh, Spotify uh, with yeah. their fake artists. Like, exactly. This uh, is an, an analyst that, yeah. has no ties to the fucking lo-fi scene at all exactly being like They're yeah i see a it. i see a time where strange fruits firefly entertainment epidemic sounds are going to be utilizing ai generated music yeah, yeah but then to further on that he said dsps like spotify and apple music will follow suit and oh, support sure. it through their editorial playlists mm. and that again kind of is that aha moment of the thing that a lot of us have been talking about that spotify is filling their editorial playlist with this fake i wouldn't say ai generated music at the moment but this fake pseudonymed yeah exactly they already do it driven music that's at the top of um editorial playlists like there was another medium post that i saw the other day where someone went through Spotify's Lo-Fi Sleep playlist and the yeah. top 10 artists were all fake Well, let's artists. just say ghost-produced songs. Yeah. Isn't yeah, but they're still, they're, fake, they're still fake artists. They had no bio. All of their yeah. images were AI art, like, and they had yeah. one song. Their yeah. Spotify pages weren't even verified. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which yeah, means... Ghost-producing and th- This is the point that... Um, that this, this particular post made was that if their Spotify page isn't verified, that means they don't have access to Spotify for artists. Exactly. So how have they managed to even pitch to editorial to get put on Spotify's editorial playlist? That's the, the, and the simplest And you look at the liner notes, and it doesn't say a label or anything. It doesn't say Firefly Music. It just says, um, like, their artist name. And that exactly. is the, that's the spookiest thing. It's like... Mm like maybe firefly strange fruits whatever have become conscious that we all you know the industry knows so how can we do it so they don't okay we can just put in the line of notes that it's copyright their own stuff so it looks like an independent release the only thing they're all seeing is that we you know when we first released our music we're kind of fighting quickly to get our spotify for artists so we can either you know at least look at our statistics or try and pitch ahead of time but yeah no that's that's the scariest thing and i think the fact that this post from an analyst is saying that this is something that's going to happen in future when i feel like we're i'd say we're halfway there anyway oh yeah for sure let's just say we're not that far away from from that i'm I'm pretty sure it's definitely going to happen before summer i'm pretty sure we're going to start seeing signs of it before summer and then after summer it's going to go balls deep i'm not against it the only thing that i would be that would have like a big question mark over it would be if Apple is going to follow suit because so far 
Apple hasn't really followed suit in that. Or if they do, we don't really notice it that much. It's not that obvious. But I think yeah. some of the checks that I've done with you know releases that you see on Spotify featured on those playlists from this ghost produced artist, you don't see them on, on Apple Music. No. And the I ones that you see, they don't really get any uh, exposure. They're just out there being released. No. And I think that kind of proves the difference between Spotify and Apple Music though. Yeah. Because I mean if you look at it this way, Spotify has what, about thirty to forty lo fi steer steering playlists. Yeah, yeah. Well let's Apple just say they made four. they made at least thirty new ones the past eight yeah. to twelve months. Like before that it was like nothing. I think Spotify totals are having maybe around about a hundred lo fi um genre playlists. Yeah. Apple Music has four. Um, yeah. and they are heavily curated as well yeah, yeah that's the only difference that i will see between spotify and apple music whether there is some sort of in like spotify has with with apple music is is something that i can't say um some may disagree but whatever i think apple music's a lot more of a difficult um it's more of DSP a black box. to break into yeah, with, with editorial Definitely. Uh, whereas Spotify has been relatively simple. <laughs> that being said, still I mean, without an editorial. <laughs> in, uh, in their honor, to put it that way, what, what Apple Music did uh, is basically, instead of going ahead and creating a bunch of other editorial playlists and call them lo-fi something, you know, lo-fi sleep, yeah. lo-fi this, lo-fi that, like Spotify did, basically, um, they have made uh, a more elegant step yeah. towards curation and they would have in, they would include uh, let's say a lo-fi sleepy beat into their already existing sleep music playlist or something yeah. so you know and you would hear very uh, various other genres included in that playlist it's just like they've been let's say, more eloquently curated than just like, yeah. oh, let's just make a lo-fi sleep playlist and put all the lo-fi sleepy beats there. We have a sleepy playlist that it's... Uh, most of the playlists are also... Um, um, how should I say? Localized as well. From that, yes. I mean, like, you would see, depending on the country that you're from or you're accessing uh, Apple Music or whatever, you will see uh, a title to your language like it's the, the sleep playlist in the uk website or like um there's nothing to it's, it's it's called like schlafen's music or something on the german or yeah. the austrian one like it's, it's something different which is also very neat to do that's why the, yeah like i said and to close this thing like that would be like my only like big question mark on the prediction there uh, I definitely see Spotify basically continue doing this, maybe like actually going balls deep now, like very openly with no shame. <laughs> oh yeah. But Apple Music is, I think it's gonna, they're, they're gonna be more reserved in when it comes to that end. I think though that to kind of tack onto this prediction, I think that could be what eventually kind of fucks up Spotify because oh. I kind of feel like at the minute they're doing too much as a, um, DSP. Mm. They've not only now got podcasts, which they were pushing heavily in the um, in the app. To you know, I don't listen to to podcasts that often. I, I follow a couple that I think are interesting, but I don't really 
listen to podcasts that much but the amount that they were pushing podcasts on spotify like it was sections upon sections before i even got to music that i was interested in um but now they've got audiobooks so yeah what what is spotify trying to do like obviously it's a very uh, audio focused thing yeah but i feel like it's losing its identity Identity. as a it does yeah as like a music streaming platform and the more i think they start pumping out like ghost produced music onto their editorials because i I mentioned this in the past as well there was a couple of playlists that i was really like digging one day that i I think it was more around like the lounge jazz type stuff that i was just listening to and i was like yeah this is this is really really dope and i'm you know i'm the person that likes to go in and explore who's making this music can i is um can i be a new fan of of this artist and Mm. I was super, super disappointed to find that this like this one track that I really liked, I went to, and it was like its own the only track that it had. There was no artist description. There was no artist image. It was just a fake Something. pseudonym, yeah. ghost produced thing, and yeah. it was really disappointing as you know a music enjoyer, I suppose, if if that's what I could call myself. That yeah, when I wanted to find and explore new music through a platform that I should be able to trust to give me like music for for me to to consume and enjoy on a broader level uh, it was just a fake yeah disappointing like, yeah yeah it was just super disappointing and it even outside of being an artist involved in all of this i found it really disappointing that spotify has gone so balls deep with like ghost produced stuff especially on their editorial playlists because even though spotify is great for its third-party playlists and like user-generated playlists they're super hard to find especially if they don't if it's just someone that's just thrown a bunch of tracks together in a playlist that they like mm. it doesn't it's not as it's not pretty because it's just four yeah. album arts that have lumped yeah. in and, and it's just got a really basic title yeah but i found some really great playlists that are like that but you know as, as a kind of i like the aesthetics that they add to the, uh, like the editorial playlist but to kind of now be steered away because I'm like well am I going to be listening to fake artists I'm just like oh that's really really dumb and really disappointing so yeah just the fact that they're kind of already you know doing that ugh, it's really 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 well I think that the, the answer to that question like why would they do something like it's pretty simple who owns Spotify um, if you sit down if you sit down and look at the, the shareholders yeah, you will figure it out like you have like Major China, <laughs> yeah, Tencent, uh, you have like it? you have like ten yeah, you have major labels over major labels, like and that's that. Like Tencent owns Universal Music, so yeah, yeah, it's 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 very straightforward. And on the other hand, you know, Apple Music is just like a, a, an Apple subsidiary, yeah. like it, it's a, it's a, it's a company owned by an, the mother company, so yeah. nobody really can have the. Of course, there's like. From my experience, at least, there is a little bit of an influence. Like you buy your promo or you buy your spots in exchange of promotion. Like you, uh, if you get like an editorial, it's good to like really advertise back and say, "Oh, thank you, Apple Music, for this and that." Which, of course, you know, goes without saying. Like we fucking shout out people who put us on their playlists. Yeah. For no, uh, without even expecting anything, it's just being, you know thankful and giving back to the community and like basically sharing the love let's say or whatnot um but spotify like i think i think it's just like it it um 
it appeals to the masses like you don't really have to be like some sort of like an aficionado in music or yeah. I, I don't think that Spotify really addresses uh, at least not anymore um, music lovers or people like maybe you and me who would listen to something and they'd be like oh who's this band like who's this track from like it's like oh yeah let's see what other kind of shit they have like oh yeah I might like this and I like that it's yeah so at the moment it's just like more or less like uh, I don't know it's just like a cesspool of shit like it's, it's like a <laughs> bunch of stuff and exactly you, you're being like suggested uh, what's the latest major release that you need to listen to I mean, I'm not going to mention that Charlie Puth example like for the nth time again. So it is what it is. I mean, I never thought I would say that, but 2023, January 29th, I think that YouTube has actually a better suggestion system than fucking Spotify at the moment. Like the related videos are more related, relatable than the stuff that Spotify might suggest to you. Like yeah. it's, if I'm listening to like some so fucking like lo-fi mix, I will continue listening to lo-fi mixes for foreseeable future on YouTube for at least 20 hours. But on Spotify, I think after, I would say, and this happened to me recently, that I would just, uh, I would listen to, let's say our 2023 releases playlist. And we had like, I don't know, 15 tracks. And after this, on the 16th tra tracks, uh, 16th track onward, I think there was some lo-fi stuff and after like five or seven tracks it went into some so fucking obscure hip-hop and then eventually i heard like sam smith like, <laughs> I, I heard the what, what is a it, journey the, the is it the body shop yeah this one i was like what, the, what, the, what? it's like i was basically like you know, background music just playing, and then it's like, doo -doo 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 -doo. it's like, whoa, 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 whoa! It's like, who pressed that? Like, what happened? Yeah. Um, so yeah, good job, Spotify. Yeah, I mean, if if Apple Music had a similar UI and a UX that to Apple, yeah. uh, to Spotify, I would jump ship. Like oh. genuinely, I would jump ship. But the simple fact that Apple and their app and just the whole ecosystem of Apple Music is just so janky and so clunky. I, I'm not. I can't. I just couldn't. It, it's there's a lot that I'm really not. We have yeah, an I interesting just didn't vibe with it. Sorry, we have an interesting question in the chat uh, because this this is like a live podcast. Uh, Rakase or Rakase, please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, says, question to you guys: Do you guys think that some label or persons have direct contact with Spotify curators for editorial playlists? Uh, let, let me just say this. I got this. We don't think we know. Mm -hmm. That's a. It's a fact. It's it's a known fact for short a while answer, now. Yes. So this the short answer is just yes, yes. Some labels do. Some some persons and labels. Yeah, they, they do. It, it's really. Uh, I guess I, I I guess it's probably going to be a follow up question. It's like <laughs> tell, like tell me who you <laughs> need to contact or something. Uh, that would be like also like an easy answer. I'm pretty sure like LinkedIn or whatever is your best resource to there find people. There is a specific role, job yeah, role exactly. at Spotify, that is, uh, that is specifically designed for. Um, you know kind of those relations between artists and labels you know? and i can say that for a fact because like when when i was working on when i was working with uh i was working on when i was working with universal music like you can 
count on major labels having direct access because like we said earlier especially when it comes to spotify because i'm pretty sure um yeah i mean it's mentioned spotify um you know they own they're part of the shareholding so there's a lot of exchange and back and forth i mean examples like that we saw it when was it like two three years ago when drake dropped his album then you would fire up spotify and it was like drake's face everywhere and this yeah created uh not only like um a wave of reactions not only from you know the press but also from major artists like other artists yeah. in the hip-hop it was like what the fuck like we have major deals and we signed with universal or whatever like why isn't our face in every time we launch a new album or something so yeah yeah good times well that that's actually that you said that there was um a, a snippet from the cheat code podcast uh this week i think where they were doing their like question and answers thing which was um how you know i'm a part of a label um how do i get essentially get noticed and get pushed more and their response to that was something along the lines of like networking and essentially just schmoozing brown knows the shit out of them oh. like you know make sure that you're always at network mixers make sure that you're always at um you know launch parties make sure that you're always kind of and this is kind of me paraphrasing now like you know make sure that you are always at the places that these people that are supposed to look after you at these labels are mm. you know make sure that you're i guess it could be as cheesy as like finding out birthdays and, and being the first person to wish them a happy birthday like that sort of shit it is just brown nosing the shit out of people that gets and that I, I didn't surprise me that that's something that Jake Drake would do. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's why. But yeah, it was, um, yeah. To short answer, yes. It is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, there's another. I think as another... well, this comes from, and I can only talk from my experience yeah. here. So we had, we work closely with our current distributor, which is Identity Music, and we had a situation where we wanted something you know we fucked up we wanted something fixed pretty quickly because it was it was live it was incorrect we needed help and you know they straight up came back and was like yeah let's just reach out to spotify directly to get this sorted out for you and within five hours it was fixed it was done we we were given the criteria that we needed to have to fix that and and the situation was done because they had that direct link with spotify and this can come through you know to answer that question yes maybe di both directly but also maybe indirectly through the distributor that they're working with because you know the way that they all work there is there has to be someone at spotify to help with shit if stuff goes wrong um and you know the this week uh fallout boy they released another new song on their their album and that got fucked up um it was released as track two but that's, that wasn't the track's name. So everywhere on every streaming service, it was track two. Oh, shit. But then within like an hour, <laughs> it, was, it was fixed. <laughs> They'd named the song. But because everyone spotted it and everyone was tweeting about it, they've like, oh, kind shit. of... Yeah, they, they, no, they've taken it in jest. And yeah. they're like, here's some merch for the album that will say track two. Oh, nice. Okay. So they kind, of, they, they kind of leveraged that. But yeah, yeah. Um, not just major labels that there is yes yes is to again to kind of reiterate that answer yeah 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 i mean we talked so much in in this past two years that we're doing the podcast about it and 
who's doing the curating or whatever so um uh, not to beat my own uh, what is it not to tap myself in the back but there's like plenty of episodes like especially from last year that we talked about the who is who and whatever happens and who's doing what so uh yeah just go listen to the previous uh, episodes <laughs> I think it's like <laughs> I would say episodes five to seven, eight or something like where we like really had a lot of tea to share with that stuff, and it was like when I don't remember the exact episode when it was like for me when I started um, basically shared the insights when it came to the universal thing, but this yeah. I, I, I did mention it extensively there too. Yeah, but anyway, uh, sure. Let's let's run through yeah, the rest of these things exactly. for each week. I knew this well, this particular topic was going to take us. So. Welcome to the music business, guys. Uh, no, yeah. quick, like I'm just gonna uh, say, okay, I'm just gonna read through the answer because, like, you know, shout outs. Um, yeah, that's what I thought. Because I'm only getting out of the journal when I'm releasing with labels. When I release independently, I'm not out of the benefit. Yeah, like, dude, like to to put a, a, a semicolon on this topic, I think is that. Um, and I've, I've mentioned it before as well, and Aaron, you mentioned that too, is, is that the, the best thing when it comes to submitting for editorial consideration, I wouldn't do it, don't submit your shit to be considered for editorials because there's like so much shit that's been submitted every day. It's physically impossible even for a person, like the person who is curating a playlist on Spotify because we, we, we need to see both sides, right? We don't have to be unfair because the people who curate those playlists or let's say some of the people because most of them are AI generated or whatever <laughs> have to listen to a fuck ton of music you know no matter who knows who and whatever blah 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 fuck that shit like imagine like even like we get submissions to re for releases or like back in the day when I was more active in including other people on our playlists like I would get like a fucking on, on, a, on a bad week I would get like a hundred hundred something tracks yeah. and if it's like two minutes per track that's like 200 minutes that's a lot of fucking listening time and when you have like i don't know a kid a day job a life or something it, it's it's physically impossible to do that so but the only good thing about the whole submitting thing is basically to make sure it gets to your release radar this much has yeah. been at least proven that you have more chances that your track that you just released is gonna reach more people through your release radar when you submit it uh so and i I've, I've tried it personally like with a bunch of tracks like i think i didn't submit i submitted 10 tracks and i didn't submit another 10 so i just wanted to make sure not like a one and done thing so just keep submitting man just keep submitting is great yeah. like your release radar is gonna get on fire slowly like the the ideal thing is like to get on on radio on radios the more other like this is what we also noticed on again sorry for for uh, hogging this subject but no. uh submitting your thing uh, triggers the release radar and the most uh, the, the the more that your release radar is going to get triggered again always on spotify the bigger the chances are that your tracks or the algorithm finds the similarities between your tracks in somebody else's tracks and puts them on their radio playlist because all of us artists whatever we all also have like our radio playlist instead of the yeah and don't confuse this with the this is even though this is some kind of like a yeah this, this is playlist only has your releases your radio has yours and stuff that are related to your music so yeah there was a time that i would get like more streams on 
from the radio playlist, I would be included in like, I don't know, 100 radio from 100 different artists that I don't even, I didn't even know sometimes. Um, yeah. So there were, there were times that even I got some shout outs and messages on Instagram like, oh, from other artists who were sending me like, oh, thank you for adding me to your radio playlist. I was like, I didn't do that. <laughs> it's <laughs> like automatic, like, but thanks, you know. <laughs> Anyway, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, so semicolon, uh, that's yeah. done, out of the window. Next prediction. So yeah, the next prediction was, um, and this is actually quite interesting. They, they, they say the frontline record business continues to die as the catalog business continues to rise. Consumers are no longer wanting to discover new music and fewer stars are created as a result. Uh, internally, record labels reduce their reliance on superstars and double down on their catalogs. Um, so essentially, to kind of summarize, they, I think it's kind of talking about major labels doing the same thing that us lo-fi labels do, which is instead of signing artists and trying to blow up artists up, we're signing music on a per track or per album or per EP or per release basis. Um, and that's what this prediction um, essentially pertains to, which does make a lot of sense. Um, again we can go back to the first point which was about tiktok with the way that certain music is kind of blowing up on tiktok that are you know that are being um i, I guess thingied by independent artists it's easier for a major label to come along and say hey we want that track boom they're going to get all of the benefits of the audience the, like the organic audience that's coming from tiktok and the song blowing up on tiktok and the label can benefit from just having that track in their catalog um and yeah boom they they have music that they're making money from and the artist has a track that's signed with universal for example um don't really have much to kind of elaborate on that one to be honest um it kind of also then folds you know doesn't it go into the next one he does kind of talk about something similar to this later on in the line um but the next the next particular point i do find interesting as well the next prediction if you want to run through that one let's see the next prediction is uh in response <clears throat> no yeah we're yeah. number number seven seven in response to the hundred thousand songs being released on dsps every fucking day the label successfully lobbies spotify and apple music to create a dual royalty system independent artists are paid less per stream than artists signed to a traditional record label the labels implement this in the short term to counteract their declining stream share. Yeah. Um, Aren't they kind of doing that anyway? Exactly. I mean, um, major labels have a premium split, as a premium split share, um, and this was something that uh, I found out when uh, Universal Music was our distributor. Um, the reason because again this is happening is because of the shareholding thing like there's so many shareholders uh so if you sign up or you are distributed by one of the major labels one of the things that they put on the table uh so it kind of like distracts you from the the fact that they're ass raping you when it comes to other stuff uh excuse my french um is basically the premium <laughs> shares the premium uh, split shares <laughs> the premium splits here split shares um it's nothing too crazy um just to put like uh as a ballpark figure what i can say if, for example uh it's almost like double the actual stream cost so if let's say on a very on an average because this is like very average depends on the country blah 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 so let's say if a spotify stream is 
0.0028, and I'm being very generous here, um, uh, then a major label would get like a 0.005 or 0.0049 or something like that. This also applies uh, to Apple Music uh, and Deezer. This is what I can say for, for, for a fact. Uh, now, you would ask me like, hey, Paul, but doesn't this contradict what you said before? Like, how how does a major label have like a, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, a good split share, uh, or let's say, um, oh, for fuck's sake, my train of thought is lost. Uh, how come like uh, a major label have uh, gets a bigger share from Apple Music when they don't own anything from Apple Music? Mm. Uh, you're right. But then again, I don't know. I'm just telling what was presented to me and what I have personally experienced and what I've seen in royalty shares uh, when it came to uh, universal music. Um, I, I mean, think that, that's for that it comes down to supply and demand yeah um, technically because at the, end of the day. at the end of the day major labels can go to these streaming services and say right we want a slightly higher royalty rate otherwise we're not putting our music on your platform exactly so it's kind of like major labels do have these streaming services by the balls even whether they're shareholders in it or not so yeah yeah, yeah it's 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 nothing it's not cool however Sadly, it happens, and it is what it is. Now, uh, I mean, I don't think I don't think they're gonna go that bold. Like this is like very bold. If you say, yeah. you know what, fuck indie, fuck indies. Yeah, fuck indies. We're just gonna give like uh, the 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 lion's share to uh, traditional recording artists. Yeah. Because uh, again, what. How, how can you differentiate like what is a traditional record label and what is like i mean i consider myself an indie record label because it's just me that i do it of course mm. where anything that has to do with uh finances taxation legality of the whole business yeah i have this spot on like i'm a business myself i pay my taxes i declare my income anything that comes from music it is what it is am i a traditional record label though but where does the traditionality come from? Is it like from being an actual business? I think they're just talking business? about like the, big, the big three, I think it's big three, isn't it? You've got Universal, Warner and Sony. And Sony, yeah. I mean, these are, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know if I can call them like traditional labels, but these are like the labels that we all know. So, I mean, and we don't, I mean, these are brand names at the end of the day that we yeah. all seen when we go to the fucking movies. You've seen like Warner Bros, you see the Sony logo, you see Universal. Da, 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 yeah. da, 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 da. I mean, the the only <laughs> you know what would be really cool if Twentieth Century Fox made a label. <laughs> I mean, technically Disney has a label. Well, bingo! There is like so could be like the four the big fours four Gs. Well, that's actually one. That, this is one of the points that the guy makes lower down. So yeah, exactly. Um, Let's just jump like, the... <laughs> yeah. So it's point six. Yeah, I think yeah. we can r rush through this one fairly quickly. Just yeah. talks about. Apple Music rising their subscription price. Oh no, uh, Spotify rising their subscription price. Um, 
yeah, that that's not really that controversial if they're yeah, going to no, actually I think Apple Music. I'm most, sure most of platforms. I mean, uh, we we've seen that after the the COVID quote unquote recession, like a lot of subscription, a lot of platforms they increase their subscription services. I mean, the classic example that you see a subscription increase every year is Netflix. Like when we, yeah. when I signed with Netflix, it was like what six ninety nine, seven ninety nine yeah. a month. We're now we're down to I don't know. I think I I pay like fourteen ninety nine. Uh, I mean, of course, yeah. they're, they're doing that uh, and, and at the same time, they're cracking down on password sharing and all that stuff, which is, yeah. you know, great. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Spotify has done it, but it was very quiet. I think they do it every couple of years. There's like a, a mm-hmm. minuscule, like uh, like they, they might charge you like 70 cents more or 99. Like it's it's never like a buck. Yeah. Netflix is like, fuck it. What did you pay last year? 12, 14.99 now, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, gobble that shit up. You want Netflix? Eat a dick. <laughs> and Netflix is fucking shit at the minute. Dude, I'm so... I mean, they, they dropped that, that movie this week that has Jonah Hill in it that's called, uh, isn't it called You People? You People, that's yeah. That's quite yeah. good. But that's, did that's you, pretty did, good. But... Did you watch? Yeah, it's really nice. It's really good, actually. I mean, I... Irrelevant to the, the whole music thing, I think Jonah Hill's sort of like 360 trans—I wouldn't say transformation—but the guy just really focused on his shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that he was very vocal about being um, uh, what is typecasts because yeah. he would he would get typecast in a lot of movies like he was like mm-hmm. the, the fat funny guy or whatever all the time, but now that you see him like directing shit and writing yeah. shit like he's really good i mean especially what was it the, the one that he put out like a couple of months ago schultz was it he's he's a therapist like he made the documentary about his therapist no, i didn't see that oh yeah it's called i think i think his name is like schultz or something whatever check it out like it's he it's basically yeah. like uh a documentary movie thing about his therapist and showcasing how his therapist helped him okay and he's basically like having like a session with his therapist and like they just talk through the the whole process that he went through with him i was like fuck this is like i mean i watched this like really and i've i've been in therapy and this is like the the most help helpful shit that i've watched like and it was like well (laughs) 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 14.99 Well worth the fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> the best yeah. fifteen bucks. So yeah, I no paid. surprise there. Subscriptions but, going up. But anyway, uh, yeah. point five again talks about TikTok um, and under threat of the government, they try to launch uh, Reso again, which is their own version, essentially another new DSP. Yes, um, but they fail, or he he predicts that they'll fail because they won't be able to get the licenses from Sony, Warner, and UMG. Um, well, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Like uh, I saw that on last uh, month's uh, revenue share. Like basically the split down from Reso. Mm. Uh, it's not that bad. Well, uh, I think the first time when they first launched, uh, like I'm just. I'm just trying to pull up the the stats now, to be honest, because I don't yeah. know when they did they launch. I think in in September or something. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. They launched this September. Was it September? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so far, what I can say is this, like, it's basically I've made, or should I go before that? Let me just click on August and refresh it. 
Ah, oh, it's been before that. Okay, so, okay, I'm just gonna go June, just to make sure. Be like as transparent as I can for our folks. Okay, so the earliest I can find is July. So from July until today, December, this is like four months. No, no, more than four months. Sorry, July, August, September, no. But apparently, anyway. So uh, 150,000 streams for, and the revenue was $134. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not bad. It's not it's, right. it's almost like a buck per mil per per thousand something per thousand yeah. streams. A little bit less than that. But yeah, like I don't know. Cuz I was like what is that the rest of thing and then I just googled it and I figured it out. I was like oh that's interesting. Yeah. But it would be I would just say this to add to this prediction um I'm, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't even say that I'm on the fence. It's very, at this point, it's very irrelevant or not as relatable yeah. or insignificant. I think at the minute, Spotify definitely has dominance over the music streaming business. Yeah. And even the fact that Apple Music are doing okay, but I would say they're still, I'd say they're struggling to even get maybe two thirds of the way as, as popular as, as Spotify. Yeah. Um, and I think that is probably purely down to just how clunky their platform is and at how exactly. kind of, again, it's Apple, so it's locked to, like, well, not locked to iPhones, but, like, the main experience works on iPhones better than it probably does on Android. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just think Apple Music, I think, unless they sort their shit out, will never be able to catch up. And to be honest, 2023, 24, launching another fucking streaming service, no one's really going to give that much of a shit unless you have... Uh, a huge mass appeal and even look back at Tidal like they launched with the support of like absolutely huge artists within exactly. the music industry yeah, and yeah. even then Tidal just never they're there but I, and I've seen people that do actively use them as their main platform but again Spotify has and at least for me as well Spotify has a lot of things going about it that, that I enjoy as someone that consumes like more music than I guess puts out in you know spotify wrapped it it yeah. seamlessly links up with last fm so i've constantly got like dumb yeah. music stats that i can share yeah um you know the, like i said the ui is really good the, mm. the the ability to create playlists and you know share them quite easily mm. all of that kind of is what spotify kind of has going for it and you know it'd be sad to, for them to kind of ruin it which i feel like is what they're sort of doing by pushing a lot more shit out there than yeah. they need to be but yeah no, Speaking the, of Spotify, I, no, I, go on. Yeah. no, I think at the end of the day, it's a, it's a it's an ease of use thing. Like get to whatever you need to get to to the piece of information as soon as possible as, and as seamlessly as possible. Like it's a very nicely put application, whether it's on the phone yeah. or whatever. Like it's very cohesive. With Apple Music, like you said before, uh, it runs better on an iOS device. It's the on Android is is okay, but. The thing that it's a no-no, whether you're on a Mac or you're on a PC, it's the fucking desktop app. This is yeah. impossible. Like, and it's been like that. I mean, I don't even know what they're updating. Every now and then there's an update. And it's like, what the fuck are you even updating? iTunes has always been notoriously shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, and if we go like even 10 years ago with every time you would connect your iPhone to the thing and would synchronize shit, oh, how yeah. like. Have, I was like a, a, a owner of an iPhone 3GS 
and I yeah. have lost so much fucking shit over this synchronization crap. Yeah. Because like, oh shit, I didn't untick them off. By yeah. the time, like, even you unplug it, it's like half-assed. It's like, fuck it. Yeah. But anyway. I, yeah. I remember times when I had, like, I was the sort of person that would cling on to, like, tech for years. So I was really like i had this old ass laptop that was literally falling apart but it was the only way that it you know that i could access like the internet and stuff like that and mm. knowing that i wanted to put new music either on an ipod or on, oh, on my iphone Christ. fuck starting up itunes i'm like right i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> click on the app i will be back in about four hours and just then it will be starting up and i'm like exactly. fuck, okay oh, i've got to run itunes fuck this is gonna be a whole day um, it was mad. The fact that it's kind of still like that, though. <laughs> yeah, like, the, I think the only difference that happened through the past 10, 15 years is that it fires up a little bit faster on a Mac OS machine rather yeah. than, a, than a PC. But then th that's that. Uh, okay, moving down to number four. So, in an effort yeah. to increase security for its user users, Spotify rolls out the ability for regular users to implement 2FA on their accounts this cuts down on streaming fraud and user account hacking 2fa for regular accounts remains the most liked thread on spotify's community yep. forums today yeah this has been like uh now haven't they thing. just launched that they did yeah they did i think it was but like, wasn't it just for artists it was for artists wasn't it it was for artists yeah 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 i mean god forbid they do this to users oh my god <laughs> well yeah all of the uh, fucking playlists and stuff that yeah yeah it was it was a little bit of a fuckery to be honest like this yeah. has been we've, we've seen this happen um thankfully this has been has been happening less and less so somehow they have kind of cracked down to the security because we've seen a lot of let's say um profiles getting hacked uh the yeah. the, the standard thing that we saw in uh, it's basically as soon as you get your user profile verified hopefully you have like a distributor or somebody who knows somebody again on Spotify and can do that for you then yeah. you significantly decrease the chances of somebody hacking your profile and I'm not saying it's impossible because I've seen it happen once or twice on verified profiles however recovering the profile was uh, fast tracked rather than yeah. if you have oh, yeah. uh, just a simple profile and there there had been uh, you know situations where people would get hacked people would be blackmailed would be forced to get their profiles uh, to sell their profiles otherwise yeah. they would get botted negatively um, you know shit like that yeah I mean, people, I... people were targeted yeah I've seen on the, I think it's like the Spotify subreddit, and this was more a little while ago. There's a lot less of the, those types of posts now, but of people that are finding all of them, like people just playing music through their Spotify accounts. Yeah. That, that aren't, that like they'll be playing something, then it will change to something completely different that they didn't put on. Yeah. And yeah. it will be because someone has their password. You know, yeah. there, are, there are sites, it doesn't take too long to find no. i mean you could probably just type in google like buy spotify account and yeah. you'll be able to buy like or at least get access to a like hacked spotify account, account. so you yeah. can exactly. like stream for free and that's mm. how this this kind of stuff happens yeah, yeah. and yeah it's, it's it's insane i think that the if they did lock down accounts with 2fa that again will be quite an interesting change for I mean, um the streaming industry on another note, you would have assumed that being on the tech business, because it's a tech company, right? 
you would have provided a 2FA option for any user, the same that you know the Google does or Windows yeah. or uh, Apple Music or whatever. Like it's 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 a standard it does thing. Seem it's a, a bit standard. Weird, yeah, it? it's a standard in the industry right now. Why wouldn't you apply it? Like it's you can just roll it out universally and the next time there's a new update you can prompt the user with that question do you want to include this in your yeah. whatever i mean i would do it i mean even like the average user I, i've seen that for example when when google for example rolled out the 2fa thing people like my dad who's like in his 70s now when he saw it he was like Fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna add my phone number to make yeah. sure that if somebody tries to access my phone i get an sms at least and then that person, if that person wants to continue getting access to my account, he has to put down my uh, my phone number or he has to have access to my fucking SIM card on yeah. my phone, which makes it even more difficult. But I know that a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I don't want to give my number. Blah, blah. Ah, so, yeah, whatever. Well, so you use the authenticator app. Or that there's a, there's multiple authenticator apps nowadays yeah. as well. So you know, take your pick. Um, That's the fucking worst though when you fucking have to change your phone and you forget <laughs> that you if you change your phone and, and format the old one and Tell send it or like throw it away or whatever and you forget to swap it over and you're like oh yep. no. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully we've come a long way when it comes to data migration between phones and even brands yeah. phone brands like it used to be a time that. I mean, God forbid you wanted to move from iOS to Android or vice versa. This would have been like yeah. a fucking like this will consume a month out of your life. Just to imagine yeah. everything. But nowadays, I think, I mean, at least I've seen it like through if you have, of course, like from the same brand to the same brand is seamless. But me having changing now from like a, uh, like a OnePlus to a Samsung and then from a Samsung back to OnePlus, it was like pretty, pretty dope. Uh, but anyway, besides the point, uh, number blah, 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 three, artists and teams who were unable to build a real music business in Web 2.0 will be unable to build a sustainable business in Web 3.0. A softening economic climate will create reduced demand for music NFTs and innovation <laughs> around smart contracts. The promises of Web 3 will go unrealized, although successful outliers will exist. I don't really know what to make of that, to be honest. There's a lot of, I think yeah. there's a lot of things we need to unpack on this one. And I'm pretty sure that not a lot of the people who listen to us are <laughs> related to anything. I mean, there's a word yeah. there that's one of your favorite subjects, which is NFTs. And I'm thinking that- well, I, I like that he's talking about the reduced demand for music NFTs. This has been, uh, I think the whole music NFTs things has been in decline from the very first day that it was mentioned. Like yeah. nobody really gave a two fucks about music NFTs, especially let's say, the people in our instrumental genre, whatever, like everybody thought that this was like the next, the next best bandwagon to uh, get on board. Yeah. It's like sell your music, like sleepy lo-fi NFTs or whatever. But uh, yeah, well, it was. I, I, the fun. only thing that I kind of like with that is the innovation around smart contracts, mm -hmm. because being able to know that again just a contract that you have signed whether that's through an independent label or through a major label yeah is ironclad in a sense that it can't be manipulate manipulated once it's done um because it exists on the blockchain that's the only thing that exactly that that i kind of get from that um but 
yeah bless i don't know if we could dive too much into that one no not honest. really i mean I, i'm not even i agree with the most part but i think this this is like has like a broader audience like it's it's I don't really see how whatever this I do now is like, blood. yeah, it's businessy. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. But yeah, there's definitely like I I, I agree a hundred percent with the last sentence that says the promises of Web three will go unrealized, although successful outliers will exist. I think this basically you can even replace the Web three there and put whatever the fuck you want. There's always like in every new thing that comes. Um, that it's like a little bit controversial or whatever and it's not realized there's always like some sort of like an outlier that is successful yeah i mean we've seen that with a lot of things from uh, i don't know from also like from nfts you know there's always there's people who had big success with let's say music nfts uh not only like major artists but also like maybe smaller artists or smaller indies or whatever um we saw that also with uh, other stuff like what is like presence on social media applications or whatever like you know there's always some people that figure it out there's always some other people who uh who don't and the funny thing yeah. is like uh yeah everybody does it and at the end of the day it's like it's all about what is it about anyway Fuck, you know, yeah. the, the internet is a, is a tool <laughs> the last, of the, the last devil. couple of points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway. So, so uh, for number two, searchable user-generated content, specifically user-generated playlists on Spotify and Apple Music will become increasingly more valuable as TikTok loses steam and fails to drive consumption. Internally, labels will be allocating budgets to covertly acquire popular user playlists and playlist companies, given 50% of fifty to 60% of listening on Spotify solely through listener playlists. That's what is old becomes new again i mean that's that a, is a that's practice a hot, that's been happening that's a hot pick that's <laughs> that's a hot pick uh, it, when, yeah but it is so it makes so much sense because yeah, it's I mean, happening yeah exactly exactly this is like uh i mean yeah it's not it's not even sorry it's not even a hot take anymore like this has been happening like for a while now and maybe especially maybe within if, like, the independent music scene we we both of us have seen yeah that there are labels especially in our community as well that have purchased accounts or acquired oh, yeah. popular user playlists and yeah. company and what i wouldn't yeah. necessarily say companies but have purchased um popular playlists or user accounts yeah and repurpose them basically and repurpose them i gave that whole fun example on twitter of that one that purchased yeah um a user account and repurposed it as lo-fi despite it being a uh, uh, latinx latinx something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, focus I... like and it just tanked and it could work i mean you know full from experience that that umg is doing all they can to try and create these uh fixed playlists as well, they're calling them VA, and, VA compilations basically yeah exactly <laughs> and you know if they get a little thumbs up from spotify that allows them to purchase or acquire accounts and popular playlists mm. i'm sure spotify will it, it will happen i'm sure this this isn't really controversial at all it's mm. it's happening under the radar yeah whether it will happen on a more i guess major mm. um thing it, it no. remains to be seen but it, it makes total sense there was like there was mentions and discussions about uh, repurposing of major playlists, and I've I've seen that um, while I was with them at some point, I guess, but I didn't I didn't gag that UMG dick so deep down my throat to actually gain access to something like that. 
uh, I wasn't such a good boy, basically, in other words. Uh, however, boy. I've seen that, I think I've sent that to you like uh, a month ago or something that I saw like uh, an actual playlist that popped up, which was already like um, from a verified account with like good yeah. enough number of people because I saw streams from the stuff that we have still with them. And I was like, oh, where does this come from? And, and it's it's not like the, it's a relatively new playlist. It's just like popped up. So yeah. this made me assume uh, that, oh, this is a repurposed playlist. And then you go on that little chart metric, little tool thing, whatnot, and you go back in the past three months, six months, a year, whatever, and then you can see how this playlist was called and the audience and yeah. the tracks that were there because there's like a track history as well, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So it's all about the facts, my guy yeah. in it. So yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't see too much of a prediction. Maybe the prediction, like where is the prediction? Is the prediction that the TikTok is going to lose steam? So everybody's going to move to the The prediction is again? mostly that um, labels will allocate budgets to acquire playlists. So again, it's less about um, marketing yeah. music from an artist or actual music perspective. It's more yeah. about, okay, let's acquire this massive uh hip-hop playlist yeah like and repurposed hip-hop playlist yeah. and then put all of our stuff on there yeah, like let's see let's see if that would be like traditional labels or it's going to be indie labels who are going to be uh, allocating budget i know yeah. a guy i know a guy that can help me <laughs> and then the uh, last one which is it kind of goes one. back to the topic that they were talking about uh the cat like the focus on catalogs rather than um like finding the new superstar uh, it's basically songs will become more important than artists in the future a radical new major will arrive so mm -hmm. suggesting that there's going to be a new uh, major label, major label. Uh, that'll understand the insight of songs being more important are they, talking about, are they talking about Disney here? Was... what we said before the fourth major you heard it here guys Disney well, music Disney <laughs> Disney, Disney lo-fi or Disney music as it's oh, called shit, yeah but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna dethrone Universal as the largest label in the world, and the new fourth major will think from first principles, have no artists signed to it, and release music exclusively made by artificial intelligence. Mm. This is kind of where it starts to get stupid. Yeah. It will specialize in no specific genre, and its catalog will con will its catalog will consist of the per oh. Perfect background music. Essentially, what he's suggesting. I think he's just like he's photographic lo-fi shit here. Like this is exactly like <laughs> what he's suggesting. There is that there's going to be a major label that will come up in the form of a lo-fi label that oh will have no genre, God. but it will create the perfect mood oh music God. for every moment in your life. And you know what? I do not disagree with that prediction at all. at all. Especially, at all. you know, it's taken every suggestion that he's done and just put it all in one and it makes sense yeah it's i i i in a way like how should i say i think i i i'm to say this i dread the moment that this will come that this i dread the moment that this will happen but at the same time i will also feel relieved because everything that i do is to avoid dreading that moment like yeah pushing the envelope as a label as an artist to that direction that that kind of shit is not really going to affect me you know what i mean because ai is ai yeah i get it like we've seen that we've seen what 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 visual ai can do now and was like fucking i don't know 
losing our shit over it 100% because like I've seen some shit I was like fuck like it's insane if that AI manages to tell me like you know what I'm gonna export the file that you downloaded into like I can I can give you like a fucking illustrator file not just like a JPEG of low resolution yeah. I would just lose my shit I'm ready to just kill myself as simple as that but the same <laughs> shit like happens to music and you can get like fucking I don't know a media export of a specific channel or something that happens then yeah that's it like call it quits um but well i mean in that you can so there obviously there are tools one of them is it even actually pioneered by google where you can go on and put in a prompt and you'll get music mm. all you kind of have to do is then take that music that has been created use another ai tool like i think la 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 ai is one that can or even serato have created their own stem splitting thing so yeah. you can just take that ai generated music put it in a stem splitter that can split it into stem so if you really like the i don't know the piano medley and mm. uh, you know what, i'm gonna go even further so you create this generate this ai music yeah you put it in a stem split splitter that then you can get the melody the piano whatever but it mm. still sounds a bit shit yeah there's another ai tool that i found over the weekend where you can put in any music and mm. it will generate that midi oh so yeah so you can generate ai music okay put it in a stem splitter to get the stems mm -hmm. then take that piano melody or whatever the fuck put it in this other tool which will then develop um it will then use ai to generate the midi for that and then you can put that in any vst instrument recreate that entire thing change the key if you have to or adjust the notes that just don't sound good okay. and boom you have music i actually not until you mentioned that never thought that this, that was a thing that i could do with this tool because all I've been doing is kind of, I put, well, I just tested it out. I chucked a, like yeah. a splice sample in it and it, it yeah. pretty got it pretty much spot on. And I was like, oh, okay, I can adjust each individual note and add it into whatever instrument I want. And now I've got a completely unique sound based off of this fucking sample that I downloaded. I never thought actually to generate the AI music and <laughs> split the stems. You heard oh, it here, shit. folks. Let's go. Let's get go get that paper, boys. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I do talk about this oh uh, this particular app quite often, to be fair. Yeah. Um, there's an app called, it's a company called Audio Lab, and they made, they've made a, essentially a AI drum thing, so it makes drum sounds based off of AI. So not only then have you split the stems, generated the MIDI, you can then use this drums. other AI tool to generate drums, completely unique royalty-free drum sounds for you to use, yeah. build up drums around. There is actually a VST called Drum Monkey, which mm -hmm. I think maybe uses AI to, um, to create drum patterns. Okay throw drum monkey on into the mix with your unique ai generated drum sounds and you yeah you have an entirely what is essentially an ai uh produced song and all you've done is kind of pieced all of the bits together hmm. oh man this is gonna be this is turning out to be great 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 news, <laughs> great predictions uh, definitely i i would um i don't know about the the fourth major like i definitely see us having a blast with the whole ai generated music because we're going to see it more and more however yeah. we're at this point that now that sadly it does require a little bit of work to make like an ai generated track or whatever to sound more natural in a way yeah but uh, this would be basically, I mean, I, I could definitely see why, why majors or why uh, streaming platforms or whatever 
would be very invested into that because with you basically gonna eliminate all the ghosting produced costs that you might yeah. have and that's that i mean essentially win -win all you'd you. need to get is an engineer that understands music theory to exactly ascend. exactly and that one person can just churn out music you like know using all of these different insane. these different ai tools insane. i think that because i was going to throw this out to you like what what are your predictions for 2023 uh, specifically around you know the scene that we work in and i think for both of us anyway and again and correct me if i'm wrong that, that mm. i think ai is going to have a way bigger influence on the lo-fi scene as a whole mm. this year we, we've already seen the dominance of ai art both on album artworks on user profile pictures like artist images on spotify and stuff like that um it wouldn't surprise me if we start hearing wedging i'm not even gonna say it wouldn't surprise me i've heard people attempt to use ai art, uh, ai music mm -hmm. um and try and put it out at the moment i don't think ai music at least through some of these generators is good enough um no. to not be to not be recognized just yet but yeah, yeah. I think combined with the things that I'm kind of mentioning, just giving you that fucking secret source, um, <laughs> I think it could play a big part, but whether that actually comes into fruition or not is is another thing. But I think we're going to see a valiant attempt at oh, AI music this year. Oh, definitely, 100%. Like, I don't think that my predictions or our predictions are too far off from the list that we saw here. I mean... yeah there's 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 nothing too crazy like our the thing is this like when it comes to our little corner of the music uh everything is very predictable so yeah. uh, there's there's not like some sort of like uh, oh this is gonna happen it's gonna blow your brains out no like you you know what what the fuck is gonna happen like before it even happens because sadly this music, this little corner of, let's say, the music genre that we're in, it has become uh, a fast track to a cash mm -hmm. grab. Yeah. That's it. And everybody are going to take the, the, the fastest route to making that bread as possible. 100%. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the only, uh, the, the, the sad thing about it, the interesting thing about it is that there's a lot of uh, holier than thou people that have come through uh, uh, or came across or, or became more prominent in the scene or whatever uh, which kind of like makes the whole thing a little bit sad and weird and stupid like there's no need to do like we saw there was this this crazy time last year or let's say our first year of the podcast that we would talk about that shit like every other episode where people would just flex uh, about streams uh, being in yeah. one of the top grossing lo-fi label uh, ever <laughs> and they would just you know thank fans and whatnot so this was also like very easy to predict that this would have happened eventually um, yeah. but it was also at the same time sad but now it just had it has become uh, just just uh, fast track your way to make money and we yeah. saw that with, uh, we see this with like a bunch of artists, like there's, there's more and more people. There's nothing against, you know, people having access to tools to make music. It's a form of expression, which is great. However, you know, having listened, and that applies to you as well, to more than, I mean, several thousands of songs when it comes to this specific genre, 
predominantly like for you know, let's just say submissions even or like even with the stuff that's <coughs> out there it's like after a point it's like there's no point and yeah. what basically confirmed our uh opinion like oh this has become a cash grab is bullshit whatever uh it's you know the existence of you know epidemic sounds firefly entertainment lo-fi yeah. fruits like it, it was always like it's always been about the money I, I sadly like uh, I, I don't know maybe my numbers are a bit off but i think that um taking in consideration like the, the the vast amount of labels and producers out there right now i would say about 90% and maybe I'm being like too modest or maybe I'm being too generous about it. 90% of the people involved in this music uh, style, they just do it for the cash. And that's why we, the other thing is like, that's why we see a lot of fallout. Like that's why we see a lot of people like dropping off. Like eventually yeah. like they tried like every for like a year or two, whatever. And if they don't really make it to, you know, making it, it means whatever to depending on the person who's trying to make it, uh, then they would just like, fuck it, you know, that doesn't work for yeah. me, you didn't make money. But they would have already added a little bit of uh, extra saturation into the whole thing. Yeah, so. but this is something that I, especially coming into the new year, have felt myself. Um, and it mostly comes around, so like, this very much so this year i've been quite um disheartened i guess by ev the way that everything is at the minute like i'm <clears throat> making music on and off that like i'm enjoying um but i'm i think i mentioned this last time as well it, it's feeling like it doesn't quite fit those boxes and i'm very aware of the fact that you know i've shit talked enough um about this scene that i've probably definitely burned some bridges but at the same time, I feel like I'm, even if I didn't, I wouldn't want to be doing what it, what's required of me, in at least in this scene, to, I guess, make money or get ahead. So like, mm. you know, releasing with certain labels, making music to cater to certain labels, making a certain style of music to, to fit playlists and stuff like that. Like, I'm very much a person that makes music for me. Like, listen to my early stuff, it's, it's you know it's wild compared to the stuff that i'm making now and even the music that i've put well, not put out but the music that i've been creating over the past couple of months has definitely had more of kind of like an electronic influence than kind of sleepy or not even sleepy just like that kind of lo-fi yeah. sound and and it's it's like even if i didn't shit talk so much and, and burn bridges or whatever the fuck i wouldn't want to be that person that kind of sells out and you know bounces from label to label to label to label to label putting out kind of generic sounding music that and i'm not saying that that's a bad thing i think that's probably one thing i wanted to say it's yeah. not a bad thing it's just not what i personally want to do so i'm kind of sitting here a bit disheartened like well if i don't do it this way then it's not it, it's not going to make any it's not going to be successful it's not going to make money it's not going to have any listens it's just going to sit there dormant and exactly. like you said be another drop in the ocean of of the millions of mm. hundred thousand tracks a day that are being released and mm. it's definitely made me think whether you know either do i just make the generic stuff to earn and be a part of the problem or do i focus on creating you know my unique sound and music mm. that i want to put out there and again i guess this this goes into the whole topic of like building yourself out as an artist so you get genuine fans that like you for you 
but again I've, I found myself knee deep in this genre that's reliant on playlists like I have a lot of friends and connections and, and I've networked with a lot of curators that I know if I was to put something out I can just be like hey I've got this new music but if it's not the kind of lo-fi music that they put on their playlists well they're not going to do it they're, they're going to want to support me absolutely but i'm not going to be one to sit there and be like put my music on your playlist even though it doesn't fit like i respect <laughs> that they've got their own you know met, like things to do so yeah i feel like i've put myself in this box i've <laughs> burned a shit ton of bridges and now i'm making music that i feel like doesn't fit within any of these particular parts mm. and it's just like fuck what do I do? And that's how I'm like just really fucking disheartened about it all this year. And and I'm not the only one as well. Like I've spoken with maybe three or four artists that are kind of experiencing the same thing that they're they're not feeling the joy of making this type of music because it's so saturated and so just kind of everyone's doing it because they want to get that bag and it's like, oh, do I want to sit here and make that style of music just to put it in amongst the crowd that everyone else is doing that maybe gets on a playlist and blah 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 but yeah that's my uh, dose of, of depressive thoughts this year yeah, 100% like at the end of the day even if you like I'm just going to stand in that last point that you made like even people who genuinely like to make that kind of music right regardless of playlisting or editorials or whatever they would just like you said feel disheartened by the fact that it's so over abundantly saturated it's like why why bother like it's because because you're it's impossible to be uh separated from the rest of the people who do the same stuff because maybe at, uh, up until a certain point it wasn't like maybe it was like a hundred people let's say who were doing that kind of music and what's okay it was like a community you knew 50 of them you can like talk whatever now it's like a thousand you know half of them yeah. are like generic artists or like ghost produced or whatever. Uh, everybody else gets fucked. This, you see like there's a clear preference when it comes yeah. to the style or the labels. Cause it's not about artists anymore. This has stopped being the case. It's all about the labels who release like, you know, they get favored, releases get favored from specific labels. It is what it is like to tie it up with, um, I forgot his name that he asked us earlier on if like people know people on whatever or platforms. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sadly it is what it is. But it's like again what you also said earlier is like nothing against anybody who wants to do this for bread. I think we covered this this subject for you want to like be like a social butterfly. Do you want to like release like a thousand tracks every month with a hundred thousand labels? It's great, you know. I yeah, I I will never get between. Uh, a man and his bread, to put it that way. Yeah. Will I work with them? No. If like the same person like comes to me, or whatever, and says, "Oh, we're gonna like, fuck no, no, I, I wouldn't want to do that." Like, yeah. No, no, it doesn't really work like that because I feel like I'm I'm being disgenuine to myself because predominantly to myself, and and then secondly to this I don't know hundred listeners that I might have. <laughs> So, so it is what it is. And to couple yeah. that up, like it's, it's us being like artists and label owners. It's, I think the responsibility is, is double. Yeah. You know, I mean, like educating people like the new sound, like what, if you want to like, you know, you want to you want to be a, a trendsetter or do you want to educate the audience your audience musically 
whether your audience is like a thousand people or a million people it's a big responsibility you know it's yeah. nothing difficult like of course you like doing stuff that have more of an electronic vibe lately imagine if you do if you did like a fucking switch overnight you would just alienate everybody so you want to you yeah. know gradually do it and slowly slowly educate everybody so it's uh, yeah, you know, you want to educate these like 10 people that listen to you. I want to educate the other 10 people that listen to me. It's great because at the end of the day, this is the, the people that I'm going to make the music for. Because yeah. when I go out bed at night to bed at night, I just want to sleep. And I don't want to th be thinking about that shit. You know, when I fall down and I sleep, like, I just do that. I don't care if I'm going to get playlisted. If I get playlisted, hey, great. It's amazing. Like, there's like so many people and so many artists that have released with me, like from all walks of life and all backgrounds and all cultures and all whatever, whatever. And I'm happy to have that. Like I'm not gunning yeah. for, we're not gunning for, for, you know, big numbers or uh, what was it like? Remember back in the day, there was like a trend that a certain label would start releasing people that had 100K monthly listeners plus who wouldn't release Ooh. them. Anymore. Sure, this is like, um, you know, that that would be betting on a winning horse. It's great. Yeah. You know, you can do that too. I uh, much rather not to. I would just focus on a yeah. guy, on a smaller I mean, guy, I've, give them the chance, the platform. I've had whatever. that question from artists that are interested in working with us, which is like, oh, well, I only have like a thousand monthly listeners. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> if, if I vibe with your music, I'll work with you. Exactly. If I yeah. don't, I won't. I don't care that you have you know, 5,000 monthly listeners, 500,000 or a million. Or five, or, or one, or zero. Yeah. Like, fuck it. Like, nobody gives a fuck. Like, the, the music has to be good at the end of the day. Like, if exactly. the music is shit, I wouldn't care less. And I had, like, I don't know, I don't want to go through, like, and suck my own dick here, but I was, like, many, many examples of people that started releasing with me, like, for all these years, and they started from, like, I wouldn't say zero, but... Uh, speaking of monthly listeners, maybe from a thousand, five thousand, and slowly, slowly, gradually, we would get like maybe after a year an editorial, or people would listen to the stuff more, or whatever. Yeah. And then they will end up, I don't know, releasing with a bigger label or doing like a solo release that would blow up or whatever. And I'm generally happy when that shit happens. Like, yeah. but I know at the same time there's other people's like, oh fuck, I should have, I should have released that fucking thing on my label. I would have gotten that editorial and get that fucking paper. I mean, the prime example is is fucking Snorlax. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Who, he had, you... what, maybe 40 monthly listeners when he came, like dropped something with us, and I was like, yeah, this is dope, let's put it out. Yeah. And yeah. then he submitted something else, and I was like, do you know what, this would be more fitting for, for Pueblo Vista, send it to you, and what, he's, he's sitting on about 400k now? Yeah, yeah, and he got, I think, like, the next two or three releases, he got, like, two, uh, two out of three uh, releases got editorial, so it was, like, great. Yeah. And I'm, was not, like, I'm not oh, sitting there thinking oh, I should have released this stuff. Exactly, on my and exactly, and you were like, "Oh fuck, I gave that to fucking Paul." Like, blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah. Speaking of which, Norlads, I think he sent me like a couple of emails like a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I haven't replied to him. It's like, fuck. But he's a good kid. I love him. So. Sort your shit <laughs> he out. will understand. Sort yeah. your shit out, Paul. Yeah. No, yeah. Do, do you know Hashtag what? Credit to you. I, I was surprised to see that you posted um, stuff on your Instagram for a release that happened on Friday, like on the day. Like, oh yeah i've got to applaud you for that like you you've caught up like well done mate <laughs> you're not posting it six months after the fact finally anyway let's let's knock on wood let's not jinx it i've been doing this for like the past four releases like two weeks yes. four releases like 
on this on the day of the release That's in proper right? times, not like fucking one a.m. or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't Got know. a fun little just to kind of go back to what you were saying about yeah. um, you know back then where there was like five hundred artists. Now there's like thousands. So since I started kind of curating playlists more seriously. Um, there's an option on my form to add your uh, email address and that gets added to my mailing list, you know, mm. building up that thing outside, whatever. Um, the mailing list currently consists of 1,695 individual contacts. Shit. So there's at least 1,695 lo-fi music artists that have submitted their music to my playlists. Nice. And that's, I probably say, maybe since mid to late 2020. So, mm-hmm. all right, it's been over three years, but still, <laughs> there's at least <laughs> over one and a half thousand <laughs> lo fi artists. I also that have, have, like, been I also have like a list like that through our submission form as well, because I'm also like requesting the email. And there was like times that I would just like the thought of maybe setting up, like sending out a newsletter, not a newsletter, but maybe like a test email. Yeah for i don't know let's say a specific release without wanting to spam people like maybe do it like once a month or whatever and see if there's going to be any i don't know genuine interest to be honest because it's it's sadly like i think we mentioned this before the the audience our audience because we're such a niche genre it's yeah. I don't know, 80 percent comprised of other lo-fi producers yeah. or, lo-fi, or anything well, instrumental based like not so many actual fans uh mm-hmm. so I, I don't know i don't i don't want to piss piss well anybody tell off. let me uh because i do this for the label as well the same thing we have on our submission form um we have an email thing yeah. definitely says if you don't want you know if you want to be added to the mailing list enter your email address yeah, yeah, some yeah, do yeah. some don't yeah. whatever we do post we pretty much send something out every week we have a release every friday we drop a release we will send out a newsletter um honestly i i would say it's not really worth it um it's just something i do because it's just the marketing thing that i like to do but we average maybe about well i think shouldn't there be an audience dashboard that tells me what our let me just see if there's a no okay so we average probably about 35 percent opens and this is on the label account, which only has uh, 441 subscribers. So, okay. you know, still pretty pretty robust. That's 400 people that we get. But oh, is it? we're averaging around about, um, yeah, about 38, 35 to 38% um, opens. And of those, we get maybe 0.7%, 0. 0.5 to 0.7% clicks. Okay. So yeah. that, and we have um the link to spotify link to apple music and then the link to the landing page that we create that has all of the other streaming services on there um we average so 160 we let's just talk about uh dipshits fika that he released with us not too long ago so that was sent to 410 recipients 160 of them opened and only three of them clicked oh wow that's dreadful (laughs) yeah yeah No, maybe, and maybe, we yeah. we've kind of sent it at various different times as well. Yeah. Um, 
And well, yeah, it's just... Well, dude, it's not you. It's Dipshin's music is shit. Yeah, man. obviously. It's, it's shit. Like, whatever, man. Shit the music, guy, man. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> like, fucking... At this point, he's probably, like, using some AI. Like, guys, like, posting like crazy. Fuck you, <laughs> dipshit. Uh, no, it, it, I don't know. it definitely varies. You know what? I had, I had, like, an idea, like, now that we were, like, talking about it. Maybe it depends. I mean, it depends on the content. Like, it's... It's a newsletter about releases from a lo-fi label or whatever a label. Right? Yeah. What if, and I'm I'm warning, well, I'm saying people, I send like an email and basically I say, download the fucking app. It's a potential like, I don't know, a thousand something people, because yeah. I have about a thousand uh, addresses as well. And I'm not advertising like a release, go listen to whatever. Download the app. Yeah. See what happens. That would be interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Maybe I'll do that. I'll do that. Maybe next week. Do so, it. Get ready, motherfuckers. I'm going to spam your inboxes. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, do it. Do uh, it. One thing I will say is do not. <laughs> we had a release that fell on Black Friday. Okay. So we had, we, we had, I thought it would be fucking hilarious. Um, because everyone's currently getting emails that's like Black Friday deals, check out Black Friday deals, yeah. Black Friday, Black Friday. Um, when was Black Friday? Was it this one? It might have been this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just say the engagement was fucking horrific. <laughs> <laughs> the engagement dropped down to 20%, I think. Uh, just having a I'm just trying to find it again. Uh, doesn't let me see what the email was so november oh no it was th- yeah it must have been this one it we had it dropped down to 28 percent, but it still had a fair few clicks because i thought it would be hilarious to to be like oh not another black friday email <laughs> <laughs> and it had nothing to do with black friday oh shit and yeah the engagement tanked actually no i don't think it was that one it might have been this one. It was the last. It's the last Friday, isn't it? Of of December. Of November. November. Okay. Yeah. Oh no! It was this one. <laughs> I put another Black Friday email and then put in brackets. Jk, yeah. it's new music with a clown emoji. <laughs> this is what killed it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um. It. Oh wow. Okay. So it. Ninety nine point eight percent received it. Mm-hmm. Um. Two hundred and eleven people opened it. Three people and, clicked. Uh, one. <laughs> oh, God. That's like... I don't know what's worse than dreadful, to be honest. Mesmerizing? I mean, do That's what? mesmerizing. And, and this, isn't, this isn't exposing anyone or name dropping. I, I'm signed up to Inner Ocean's um, hmm. email newsletter, um, and they did something I thought was quite clever, but also quite backhanded, which is an update on your order, or something along those lines in their email. What? Uh, I think I think I got this. I think I got this. I was like, what? 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 What order? Like what? And I did open it. Yeah. Or was it in our ocean? It might have been something else. Uh, yeah. No, it was in our ocean. It's your order is ready, and I was like, like what? <laughs> Bitch, I didn't order anything. <laughs> To be, speaking of Inner Ocean, like, uh, yeah, shout out. Like, they had, they got some really nice um, vinyls in their store right yeah. now. And I wanted to get, like, actually uh, 3J Dillard stuff, like uh, Motor City, Dillatronic, and Donuts. 
but mm. their fucking shipping costs are fucking stupid. Like it's like it's another three vinyls. Yeah. I would have to like opt in and buy them somewhere else from well from Europe because I mean I would have liked to support the whole thing but if it yeah. was like some sort of like a reasonable shipping or something whatever whatever but it's just kind of like I was like fuck like because I like yeah. that stuff yeah. you know I have t-shirts it was, it was I, I buy stuff from time to time I was for example I was very disappointed that um, uh, 9 to 5 came up with a compilation and they put it to yep. um, what is the, the the crowdsourcing vinyl thing? Uh, uh, crates. Crates. They put it through crates, and sadly they didn't get enough backing. And it was like pretty um, nice. Like I liked the the sleeve, the artwork, the the track yeah, listing. Nice. It was really nice. But and I backed it as soon as I saw it, like because it was one of the this sort of newsletter. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm backing that shit up immediately. Um, and fun fact, I also like ordered two copies because I wanted to get one to a friend of mine in, in, in Hungary because he likes that kind of stuff. And I know he's like completely unaware of. Um, yeah. And I was like, Whoa. bummer. Yeah. But, you know, it's the state of the, the, the type like. of music. Like it's so fucking people won't, I don't know, won't spend a fucking dime. They won't spend like 25 bucks for something yeah. that will last them a whole fucking lifetime like i think vinyl is quite it's quite niche in a sense as well though like that you know we're for, both of us are quite fortunate to be to have a, a record player and we both listen to records but there might be people that don't and that's might be what puts them off because at the end of the day they're quite they are quite clunky to to have around you know you can't just kind of store them if you don't want to have them out and display anymore um, and I think that's kind of why we've got a bit of a boom in cassettes at the minute. Yeah. And I, a, a, one of the labels that are doing a real good job with cassettes is um, Beat Supply. Yes, they are actually. And I think they're actually doing well. But they have like they have a very dedicated audience when it comes to that stuff, which is great. Like I for me, I don't know. I'm. Uh, I mean, also like the, the costs, like there's a lot of people who think like, oh, fucking turntable is like so expensive. Like, I think there's no yeah. education with that. Like, for example, I got a, what is it? Is it a Reloop? Yeah. Doesn't even know what I have. Going. I have a, a Reloop uh, USB turntable. Yeah. So you basically connect it to your, your PC. And it's like, it's a direct drive. It has a, a pitch. It plays 33 to 45 RPM. Like there's an orthophone needle on it. It's like, it's pretty legit. Like it's, it's 150 bucks, like euros. Like it's not, you know, 10, 15 years ago where the only turntable out there, proper one, uh, yeah. was a fucking Techniques SL something. And you have to pay like 500 pounds or 600 or 700 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You could get that now. So it's... it's well, yeah, I mean, even if, even though like the uh like the vinyl uh, community frown upon it like you can pick up the crossley suitcase um record players for like 60 to 70 pound bingo exactly and like yeah they don't sound amazing but you can a lot of them have audio outs i think so you can yeah. just connect them to some you, nice to your audio interface exactly you can connect it to yeah. your interface if you have like a let's say a decent interface that has some sort of like a auxiliary yeah. input or something like that uh, but, but the practicalities of vinyl isn't... I can understand why vinyl doesn't do so well, because it can be difficult to 
like it's still a lot if you think about it like even just one of those crossy like suitcase ones they're still pretty you know yeah. pretty clunky and yeah. having to then store your vinyl somewhere that doesn't wreck because they are still even though we're making moves in like with that sort of stuff they're still pretty delicate like mm. you can break them quite easily or you can ruin them if oh, you yeah. don't look after them um, and I think that kind of commitment to collecting vinyl is is what might put a lot of people off especially in this scene from you know pledging even to ones that, that, that they're on and that's why you know cassette tapes are good they're a bit better a bit more robust and yeah. easy to store i mean i have a few just at the top up there i mean at the end of the day horses for courses mate it's horses for courses so it is what it is <laughs> exactly i don't know whatever um yeah cds are a nice, are a nice medium as well i know that uh, uh yes Damon over at Tsunami, like shout out to him, like, you know, uh, he's doing like a really good job when it comes to the CDs yeah. and all that stuff. Um, no, I was talking with him the other day because I'm interested in, in maybe putting out some CDs, but the uh, the link up that he's got, they, their minimum is 150. Yes. Now. Yeah. Or, and I was like, I can't, I can't commit to just 150. <laughs> Technically, though, a stack of 150 CDs is shorter than a stack of 150 cassettes. <laughs> yeah, you're correct. <laughs> so you need but less space to store But then I also thought, them. how can I make this? Because, you know, I think... Dude, just LA get it is... and go outside Tesco's and start selling them. <laughs> nah, I was actually thinking of making our own. We yeah, have but... a printer that can print on CDs. On sleeves sorted. and stuff. Yeah, okay, okay. I can just get a cheap ass thing, a CD duplicator from Amazon. You just need like a, like one of the stickers, whatever. Like it doesn't have to be anything. It could be like just a black and white with your uh, uh, label logo. No, you, on it. you can think... get printable CDs. Mate, mate, I used to do that fucking shit with when I used to DJ. Like instead of getting yeah. this sort of like shitty generic cover, I would just and then have like a fixed. On it. Yeah, yeah. Instead of like scribbling with like a, I don't know, like with a permanent marker or whatever, I made my shit pro. Like it was. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, it's a CD one, CD two. Like I had like a up to a hundred thousand whatever number. Yeah. But you but yeah, you can you, DIY the shit, the living shit out of it. So. Yeah, like you can buy printable CDs that cost like piss all. We've got a pretty decent printer because of Haley's um in, uh, in illustration stuff, and mm. she does prints and things. So and it has an insert, so we can stick the print the CDs in there. Oh, that's super dope, actually. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I mean, we you can, can print on the CDs directly. Um, create, just get like the jewel cases. And then what are these? Like ten a penny? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. You can and even I was thinking, get, like, oh, we could really kind of just jump on this like DIY or die type thing and proper put out CDs that are made at home, like here. Here yeah. I am, just with a little fucking CD duplicator, just doing it and clicking burn and waiting for that to happen. So look out, guys, Keyword Bear Records are gonna be dropping some CDs that I mean, are fully just DIY as fuck. Also, also like, fun fact, like, even if, if it's like a release, like, even if it's like an EP that's like, what, like four or five tracks, like burning an audio CD or four or five tracks, it would be like yeah. fucking five Ten minutes. minutes. Like, yeah. it used to take longer when we want to, like, you know, copy a CD album or whatever, like, back in the day. Like, it was, like, yeah. take forever. Fuck you, Metallica, and all your copies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, by the way, speaking of which, the, the new shit sounds... It was okay. Like, I heard it when you texted me. Yeah. I was like, man, that's, that's actually not that bad. I mean... It's all right. 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 Like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm coming around again. I don't know. You know old people heavy metal shit i don't know whatever boomer metal <laughs> fuck yeah 
hundred percent. Oh well, they're good. I mean, but yeah. Um, and on I that didn't note, know what, where we were. Yeah, fuck yeah. it. No, I think I think it was like a good uh, going through the the prediction stuff. Like I don't think I don't think we uh, we or even the audience or even like seasoned producers who listen to us would have like any different thoughts. You know, when it comes to like predicting the future of the scene. I think at the end of the day, it's 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 a very DIY scene. It's more indie than indie, uh, and it's sadly like there's a lot of bullshit that comes into it. Like sometimes I I kind of like catch myself like, for example, we we talk about oh, all these like fake artists that get inserted in those like calm piano sounds or whatever. All these like shitty yeah. playlists, you know. And I'm thinking like, are there uh, what I don't know, and I, I would I want to like look into, but then I. Uh, you know, then I'm like, ah, fuck that shit. I don't care. Is that, is there something similar happening to other, I don't know, instrumental no. genres? Like, no, I wouldn't say so at all. So like, I'm, I'm into kind of like your instrumental, like gent stuff or like your prog or in, even like instrumental post rock stuff. I wouldn't say that there's, there's any of that sort of thing in there. And I think that's because it's largely built around bands so there are multiple people in these bands that are making this or even so uh i think they're called we built the sky there that's just one one guy but it, it's obvious that it's just him and those sort of editorial playlists yeah they have genuine artists though this is where we kind of go into the whole oh industry plant type thing mm -hmm. it, it's back to that traditional like oh you know these are only here because of nepotism or they're industry plants or whatever and and stuff like that but um as far as like ghost produced stuff within outside of instrumental like mood beats music type stuff i don't think it's that prevalent or if it is it's going very very undetected yeah i mean i i, I even though like what I, I cannot even speak of uh, from experience because when i was doing like the whole uh dance progressive house stuff like back in the day i mean there wasn't any spotify back then so i wouldn't really know however like i have like friends who are into it and i haven't heard anything from them like i know there's a lot of ghost producing happening but not to the extent of the instrumental genre that we're in it's like because i think it takes a little bit more effort to get into you know making a track that is actually five or six or seven minutes long because you have to think about chord progression you have to think about bridges you have to think about transitioning like you cannot keep making for example the same chord progression over and over again i mean we know there's yeah. a certain set of chord progression that can be applied in all the pop songs which is great and we all seen that ed sheeran video that says i can play you all the tracks available in the pop industry you know with the same fucking chords um yeah but then again i think like if if how many how many uh i don't know plagiarisms uh how much plagiarism can you do into that one single chord progression you can change the instrument like so many times but then eventually it's going to start sounding the fucking same all the time so yeah i i definitely think that yeah i'd like to to think that what's happening to us like the same thing that you're saying it's pretty unique like in this specific genre it, it only happens here like i think that it might kind crazy. of overlap when it comes to 
like chill like house music or that kind of like ambient stuff as well i think but that kind of falls under the same thing hmm. oh well so, we'll uh, yeah i don't know i've not really all, looked into it too all, much only but... time will tell i mean yeah pretty much going to be replaced by ai by the end of the year so that's going to be great yeah exactly yeah so we'll we'll deal with that problem when it arises for the time being uh we're just gonna keep yapping our sound holes yep i mean i didn't think this one was gonna take so long because i had so much more that we could chat about but oh next episode man yeah exactly next episode having said that we're just so chatty just chatty cathies chatty cathies we're like chatty karens yeah exactly <laughs> we're chatty karens <laughs> and, oh, and wow. once again I am hungry so yeah yeah I think I'm, I'm hungry too I have a little toddler that I haven't seen for over a week so I need to go down uh, stairs again and uh, just show be your like face. entertain yeah entertain yeah. me dad we need to just like run up and down and scream and shout and bite each other and shit like that so nice uh it's been great as always uh and a pleasure thanks to everybody who joined uh don't forget to follow me on tiktok lazy boy loops make sure <laughs> yeah you download the fucking app purple vista radio app available on ios and android follow us everywhere and uh eat the bag of dicks nice nice ta-ta bye <laughs>